Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. This is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council. Today we're going to present a few minutes of our keynote address that we recently heard at our annual uh, Research Council dinner. We're going to hear Dr. Rick Evans discuss the power of open source economic modeling to analyze and craft fiscal policy. I hope you enjoy it and that it gives you food for thought. The Research Council indeed has a vital mission. We're getting more polarized as a society. It's happening every day. We see it playing out in Washington, D.C. We see it playing out in Olympia. Uh, if we're going to get together in a constructive way as a society again and solve a lot of the huge problems we have, we're going to need a common base of information. And that is a role the Research Council can help play. That's a role that open source modeling can help play, and uh, Dr. Evans will be talking about that in a few minutes. Tonight, we're honored to have a keynote speaker who comes to us from Brigham Young University who also comes to us from uh, the American Enterprise Institute's project, which is called the Open Source Policy Center. So without further ado, I want to welcome Dr. Rick Evans. Another impressive thing that they've done is they've asked somebody on this planet to give a presentation on tax policy and tax modeling and make it entertaining and fun. <laughs> which that's really, really hard to do. So our macroeconomic models, we don't have any macroeconomic models that really capture all the mechanisms and channels that are at play in trying to figure out what tax policy does. There are none. Um, everything we have are pretty gross summaries of what happens in the macroeconomy. So for tax, there, there are a lot of different macro models, first of all. I'm not going to get into all of them. But for tax policy, there are three main places where you get these models. Um, we'll see this a lot in the 2016 presidential election. Every candidate, Democrat and Republican, is going to have the tax policy. And they'll have a revenue estimate. They're going to say, I'm going to cut the income tax of the top bracket and increase the inheritance tax and decrease this exemption. And there will be about six things. And they'll say, and this will be revenue neutral. That is, that tax revenues won't change. Where does that number come from? It comes from one of these three places. For Congress, the official place that gives you revenue estimates is the Joint Committee on Taxation. I'm going to talk about them in a second. They, they really have an impossible job. Then you've got the Tax Policy Center that's uh, associated with the Urban Institute. They're slightly left of center on the political spectrum. And then you've got the tax foundation that's slightly right on the political spectrum. But all of them have their own proprietary models for estimating the effect of a tax change. And, and these models aren't even the same. They're all a little bit different from each other. That is, if, if Hillary Clinton gives her tax plan to each of these three centers and says, you guys each have the same inputs. Here's what I'm going to do with tax policy. They run it. Each of those three will come up with a different estimate. It'll be close, but it won't be the same. So these are not the same. Let me describe a little bit what the Joint Committee on Taxation does, and then we'll get into the juicy stuff. 
So here's their impossible job. They're the official revenue estimator for Congress. So if a legislator has a tax plan, they bring it to the JCT, and the JCT gives them a revenue estimate. They get between six and 7,000 requests a year. That's 16 per day. And for each of these, they've got to run a big model. Um, if you're able to set it up right, it might only take a half hour to run it, or an hour to run it. They, I, I was meeting with the Joint Committee on Taxation. They didn't tell me exactly how long it takes, but uh, it's, it's more than 15 minutes. 16 a day, though, and, and the setup of, of running these takes a while. You've got to be smart about how do I put this exact policy of yours into my, my big model that I have. So they've got to do that. These estimates are kept private until the legislator releases that information. Once the legislator does, then the Joint Committee on Taxation publishes a document that says exactly what they did. So most of those six and 7,000 requests are private. I would actually guess that most of those six and 7,000 requests don't get filled during the year. So there's actually really big uh, waiting times. Also, what they give you in the end is a point estimate. This is like trying to predict the score of the Super Bowl next year with the teams set up from two years ago. And so you got to not, to get this revenue estimate, that's just one point of saying Team X is going to win next year. You got to start two years ago, not even with the Seahawks and the Patriots Super Bowl. You got to start before then, figure out where all the players on the teams go in the next year, who wins next, this last year's Super Bowl, and then you forecast from that what next year's Super Bowl is. This is a hard business, and all they give you in the end is a point estimate. What that means, what's missing, is you don't know, there's probably some likelihood that the 49ers beat the C, well, let's use a different team, that the Dallas Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl. There's a chance every year. They never make it, but they, they've got a chance. Poor Jerry Jones. Um, but what you don't get with these JCT estimates is you don't get a sense of what are the probabilities of the other things that could happen. You're just getting a point estimate. And these models, this is something that I've learned. These models have hundreds of economic assumptions inside of them. And the fact is, is with these many, many, many assumptions, often they're just parameters in the model that represent people's behavior. Things like elasticities. If I increase the wage, which is happening in the Seattle area, this $15 minimum wage, are people going to work a lot more? That's just one parameter in these models that say, if I increase the wage by a dollar, people work an extra hour, something like that. You got a bunch of those, hundreds of these elasticities. They're also holding some things constant that aren't going to be constant, like aggregate variables, GDP. You increase the minimum wage in Seattle, that might change total output in the Seattle area. In these models, those things are held con assumed to be constant. And then distributions, that's kind of deep in the trees. A lot of assumptions. The point is that if I'm an evil consultant, and I'm not saying that the Joint Committee on Taxation is, I actually think they do an excellent job with this stuff, but an evil consultant could take a model like this and make it say anything they want. 
So Eric was saying this in the beginning, that sometimes, sometimes economists get paid to do that. That's true. These models with hundreds of parameters, you can make them say anything you want. So the question is, how do you know if this point estimate, when Hillary Clinton or Jeb Bush come out with an estimate on their tax plan of what it's going to do to revenues, how do you know if what was under the hood, what was in the mind of Pete Carroll, what was in the model that created this tax plan, this revenue estimate, how do you know if that was right? So here's some, these are the exact problems with these kind of proprietary models. If something like that comes out, I can't question it. I can't co go to the Joint Committee on Taxation and say, okay, how did you arrive at a $71 billion deficit over the next five years from this tax plan? Um, right, we already talked about this, that if I'm, if I'm not the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, if I'm just a lowly congressman on that committee, uh, the least senior one, I may have to wait a year to get a revenue estimate on my tax plan that I think is so amazing and it's going to save the country. I can't, I'm, I'm not at the front of the line. And I want to give you an example that happened to Mitt Romney in the 2012 presidential campaign, but this could apply to any candidate, Republican or Democrat. So July 2012, he comes out with his tax plan. He had been pushed for a long time to, to, say, um, to say, what are you going to propose for your tax plan? He comes out with it. It involved cutting the income tax rates across the board by something like 20%. Um, it involved broadening the base, limiting deductions. And he said that it was going to be revenue neutral, that it wasn't going to reduce tax revenues. And then... Um, at the beginning of August, the Tax Policy Center came out with a review of his plan and said, no, it's actually going to cost about $86 billion a year in revenues for the next five years. That's a big difference. That killed Mitt Romney and at least killed his tax plan. He's getting beat up in the press. Um, a few people started questioning the Tax Policy Center. They don't have the Tax Policy Center's model, so the way they had to go about it was they said, well, what are, you do what are the assumptions in your model about this thing? And what are the assumptions in your model about this thing? And they just had to probe, and they actually found a couple of things that would make this estimate less bad. And so the Tax Policy Center on August 16th, two weeks later, comes out with a, an addendum that says, yeah, it's it might not be as bad as negative 86 billion a year. It might only be 41 billion a year deficit. And if these other things happen that these guys have talked about, then it might even, in the best possible scenario, be revenue neutral. But by then, the media cycle had kind of moved on, and he never recovered on his tax policy. And so uh, these problems with, let me just go back to here. These problems with proprietary models, I think, are really big. The fact that I was talking with my table, the retail association, about how do you guys come up with what tax policies you advocate or, or fight against? And you know, it has to do with how each firm feels about a tax policy and what the consultants say about that tax policy. And my question here is, like, how do you even know what the consultants are saying is right? 
How do you even know if what the Joint Committee on Taxation, the official arbiter of tax policy, how do you know if what they're saying is right? And so our solution that, um, let me tell you how I got into this, our solution is open source tax policy models. And I, I was about, for the last four years, I've been building really large-scale models to, to do things with, with Social Security, to forecast what's going to happen to the Social Security Trust Fund, to look at tax policy, and um, a lot of things with big computation. And these guys, I met the guy who runs the Open Source Policy Center, and he said, why don't you guys help us build a dynamic scoring model and help us build a model just like what the Joint Committee on Taxation has and we're going to make it open to everyone. Now that's When I talked to my friends in Washington DC who are kind of policy wonks, they said, oh, everybody's tried that. It never works. The JCT and the TPC and the Tax Foundation, they're really the main places. The thing that has made this thing work is that we've got a lot of partners in this that have brought like the people who helped build the JCT model have come to the table and helped build a model just like it. Um, people at the National Bureau of Economic Research that run actually the best tax simulator in the country, it's called TaxSim. What a great name for a tax simulator. Um, but that actually includes all the state tax policy. We've incorporated that into our micro simulation. And Code is pretty fancy. Like, how many of us in this room are going to open up some Python computer code and start doing tax analysis? Not many. So we've, got, we've partnered with a company in Austin, Texas to build a web app that I'm going to show you in a sec where Joe Sixpack can come in and change the top income tax rate on the top bracket and see what that's going to do to revenues. One of the coolest things about this, this is the only way to solve this problem. It's fundamentally apolitical. People on the right can use this and see what it says about tax policy. People on the left can use this. And then if I make a tax estimate of how much revenues are going to change, Lou can come check that and see if it's correct and say, ah, oh, Rick, you did, but you're assuming this. You need to change this variable, and you see that you actually have an $8 trillion deficit from what you're trying to do. And the collaboration, this little point down here, it's amazing how disarming it is to go to someone who should be your competitor and say, I'm building an open source model that follows after what you do. So everyone, the Joint Committee on Taxation, the Congressional Budget Office, IRS, Treasury, those are kind of the same thing. Um, and even academic groups with proprietary models have been willing to talk to us and share information because in the worst case scenario, they, if we make any improvements, they can borrow our stuff. Open source, this is how Linux was developed. Um, a group of people started writing code and then that group got bigger and they developed some ways to uh, work collaboratively um, online and, and, uh, and build what was a great operate, operating system that has been used in many servers. Most of the servers in the world are Linux based. Um, even private sector groups like H&R Block have been talking to us about the potential, we're not there yet, but about the potential of sharing their data to better inform our models.
Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.